Daily Dribble. Welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet, here back with our NBL Focus show. Another week rolls around. They are coming fast and furious, to say the least. As is the action in the NBL at the moment, we're now about halfway through the season, so certainly uh, there's a lot of intriguing storylines continuing to take shape. Uh, The race for the playoffs is certainly heating up. Uh, So we've got another massive episode in store. I'll touch on what we're going to get into momentarily. Before we do so, though, guys, a big shout out to the to Stadium Scene and The Cover, two fantastic networks doing fantastic things for not only us, but other content creators out there. Uh, we certainly appreciate all their continued hard work and support as we try and grow our, our footprint as well. So a big shout out to those two entities there. And a big shout out to the blokes, Matty B and Locke from the Fifth and Dribble podcast. Uh, guys, a little bit of payback for the grand final that went down. Um, the Jack Jumpers getting the wing win over the reigning champs, the Sydney Kings, the other day, 84 to 76 in Sydney. That one, uh, I was disappointed to say the least. I know last year we had a couple of little wages on the Kings and Jack Jumpers games. I was on the on the defeat of of most of those uh, those matchups, so I shelled out a couple of cartons to you boys there. But I was disappointed I didn't reach out this time around, especially given it was in Sydney. Uh, but just wanted to uh, give you guys a little shout out just to let you know the JJs are coming. Certainly looking forward to a rematch in the this year's grand finals. It'd be certainly, uh, I guess, a kind of a story coming full arc. Uh, redemption, to say the least. So just a shout out to the boys there. Again, another podcast doing great things in the basketball and NRL space. So love your work, lads. And what a game it was, might I just say. Just on that, JJ's were down by as many as 14 in the last quarter. Had a 26-6 to quarter in that one, um, which, you know, it was a very hard fought, but very deserved win The the Kings' offense was just super, super stagnant in the fourth. Um, hell of a game, though. Hell of a performance. Um, so not too much more I want to say on that one, but uh, big love there to the Jack Jumpers, Guys, let's get into some quick odds and ends here. Now, I think it was the last week or the week prior, we gave congratulations to Mitchie Creek of the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix playing his 300th game. Uh, during the week, Corey Webster notched up the 250. Uh, for the Perth Wildcats there. So very, very well done to him. But we also had Daniel Johnson of the Adelaide 36ers clocking up the big 400 games, an absolute stalwart of the league, continuing to be a high-impact player for the 36ers. So just want to give a bit of acknowledgement and a bit of a lo- bit of love there to DJ. Um, you know, 400 games is a tremendous, tremendous effort. You know, it's, it's not the NBA. We're not playing 82 games a season. Um you know, his longevity has just been exemplary, to say the least. And as I said, still having a profound impact within the league at the moment. So uh, hats off to Daniel Johnson there on the 400 over the weekend. Transitioning to the Brisbane Bullets. Now, during the week, they signed import forward Andrew White. Uh, he most recently played in Turkey, where he averaged eight points and four rebounds. Certainly going to have to play a very, very big role to help get their season back on track. Um, and they also appointed assistant, former well, assistant coach and former Townsville Croc assistant coach Greg Vanderjake um, as their new head coach. He'll replace Sam McKinnon there, who will be back into his basketball operations role. Uh, just with these couple of moves that have been made over the last week, kind of feels like this is almost last chance saloon for the Bullets at the moment. Uh, as it stands, they've got a huge, huge road, road to climb. 
uh, for the for the back half of their season there. Currently in the standings, you know, it's a pretty bleak state of affairs, sitting ninth at the moment at a four and nine record. Granted, we've seen many times this season, the Phoenix are a great example, rattling off, you know, four or five game wins um, can certainly help turn the tide. But if things are going to turn, it's going to have to be, it's essentially, it's, a, it's now or never. Um, as I said, a very long road yet to climb. Hopefully with those moves, signing there, Greg van der Jake and import Andrew White. Hopefully this can help stem the bleeding and hopefully get their course corrected. Um, it's going to be a, a certainly a, a big ask to say the least, um, but hopefully these moves just help, help get things trending in the right direction there because thus far it's been a very underwhelming campaign. Luke Longley, who is part of the Kings ownership group, has said that during the uh, offseason, they were speaking to Scotty Pippen about a potential coaching role. Now, I didn't eventuate. Chase Buford still in the top role there. But it just got me thinking, who knows? Once Buford's potentially out of the role, maybe does the door still remain ajar? Um, could they land the big fish in Scotty Pippen to come down in a coaching role, join, well, what you would pretty comfortably say is the biggest franchise within the league, the Sydney Kings, um, an, a very established ownership group there with Luke Longley um, and uh, our mate Andrew Bogut there. It's an absolute Australian champion. But with their pulling power, could they land Scotty Pippen? That's a fascinating question. And I think just in terms of league growth, league popularity, even now, you know, given his career is well and truly done and dusted, Scotty Pippen is one of the most well-known names within within basketball circles around the world. So think again as we saw the success of you know Lamelo Ball players like that there are uh, that name value that comes with them I think if Scotty Pippen were were tied with a franchise down here it would have that kind of same impact so you know Chase Buford doing an incredible job at the moment coming off the back of the title last season got them poised as the in the number one spot at the moment but you know who who knows what will eventuate there but I'd love to hear from you guys out there would you love to see Scotty Pippen gracing the NBL strutting up and down the uh, down the sidelines, um, I think as well, just on a, uh, you know, we've spoken quite a bit about coaching uh, attire. Myself, I'm a big one for suits, looking sharp, all, all things of the kind. Liam Rowe, not so much. Um, but what do you reckon Scotty would be? I reckon he'd be a bit of a suit and tie guy. Um, I don't, I, I think I could see him in slacks and a polo as well, but I tend to think he was a, a pretty high-class operator on the field. I think he would carry that across off the field as well. So, who knows who that, how that one will play out. We'll be sure to keep you updated on any news, any more rumours circulating, um, but we'd certainly love to see Scotty Pippen down here in the NBL. The last piece on the odds and ends, guys. On the 14th of January, the Perth Wildcats are going to be hosting an open-air game versus the Adelaide 36ers at RAC Arena. It'll be the first time WA has hosted an open-air game. Uh, for myself, this is I'm absolutely fascinated by this. I, I'm certainly keen to see what impact the conditions will have on the game. I know if it was me and I was shooting up bricks, which is there's a better chance than not that that would be occurring. I'd be sure to blame it on the conditions, whether there's wind or not. I would the external factors would absolutely be the uh, the main contributing factor to the uh, the abnormally high amount of air balls going on. Um, but nevertheless, it's going to be a real exciting opportunity to see how how it plays out. Um, and, you know, with this, if there's success off the back of this, it might be something we begin to see a little bit more within the league. It's certainly a point of difference. When was the last time you saw an NBA game outdoors? Nope. 
So for the NBL, this is certainly a point that they can play on, really leverage it in marketing. Um, I'm certainly excited. Two heavy hitters within the league, Perth Wildcats and the Adelaide 36ers. Um, 14th of January over there in Perth. We'll, we'll be sure to give you a bit of a report on that one, see how it actually played out with the conditions. Uh, but for myself as a fan of the league and of basketball as a whole, I can't wait to see how that one plays out as well. Guys, let's move ahead. The Daily Dribble. The big talking point for this week's show, I wanted to kind of give a point for each of the 10 teams, how each team can improve going into the second half of the season. Now, it might be, you know, playing through a player. It might be playing styles. It might be locking down on the defensive end. Whatever the case, got a point here for each of the 10 teams. Um, and hopefully this can uh, can help just give them a little bit of an edge in the second half of the season here. So going in alphabetical order, we'll start with the Adelaide 36ers. My key point for them is going to be getting the three ball to fall. Now, for a team that kind of lives by the three ball, dies by the three ball, they're currently shooting a league worst 30.4%. Now, you know, Craig Randall in his time with the franchise, he kind of came and went like a shooting star. Uh, must watch TV to say the least. He was a really stabilizing force on that, shooting 40% from three. Um, since his departure, it's, it's been, I was going to say hit and miss, but it's been a lot more on the miss side of things. And they really need blokes, Robert Franks, Antonius Cleveland, Mitchie McCarron there, the kind of the big three on that team, or the new big three now, Randall's departed, to be the driving forces for this. At the moment, they just can't buy a trick. And I think, if the, as I said, if they're going to live by the three ball, die by the three ball, they've got to make them. If not, you know, if you if you see, get, you know, you get the trend after the first quarter, the first half, it's not falling. Let's shake it up. Let's get into the pain. Let's drive into the lane and see what we can actually achieve. Because at the minute, it seems quite one-dimensional. And as I said, if it's not falling more often than not, they're going to lose. So for me and Adelaide, that is their key point. Get the three ball to fall, but if not, seek alternate routes of scoring. We'll move ahead to the Brisbane Bullets. Their, their big key point to improve in the second half of the season is a more consistent Nathan Sobey. Now, I love this guy. I've spoken quite extensively about him and very highly of him. He's uh, also been been known to uh, show a bit of a bit of love to our Instagram page there as well. So shout out Sobes to zero. Um, two seasons ago, though, he was averaging 21 points, five rebounds, five assists, shooting the three ball at 38%. One of the premier players within the league, without a doubt, all NBL player, um, you know, looked, looked poised. I had, I think it was last year, he was my pick for MVP. Since that time, it's been a bit of a downward trend. Now, this season is at 14 and a half points, three and a half rebounds, four and a half assists, and the three ball at 30.5%. So, you know, we're down six and a half points. We're down a rebound and a half. We're down half an assist and seven and a half percent on the three ball. It's, there's got to be improvement. There's got to be a higher level from him. He's shown flashes from game to game, but there's not that consistency at the moment. And I think for them, for the Brisbane Bullets, as I said, they've got the new import in at the moment, new coach. The success of this team hinges on him. Aaron Baines is a, for as much as, much as we love him, he's an Aussie icon at this point. But can you rely on him being on the floor? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. But Sobey's that guy. Sobey is the driving force for this team and for them to actually hopefully turn things around. As I said, they're in a real hole at the moment on the season He's, he's just got to be more consistent. He's got to be more consistent. He's got to get that scoring back up. 
four and nine at the moment. It is a long road yet to climb. But if they are to get out of it, Sobey's got to be the guy. So that is, for me, for the Brisbane Bullets, a more consistent Nathan Sobey. Don't need him to be at MVP levels, but just need him to be better. Need him to be better than what he is at the moment. Now, I've no doubt in my mind with the talent that he is, he can achieve those heights. The Cairns Taipans. Now, watch their game, bro and I. We sat down the other night. We watched their game versus the, Haw- the Hawks on Saturday night. Just wrapped up our uh, NBA show. Lay on that one as well. The full squad back together. Be sure to check it out if you haven't already. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, The Daily Dribble. It was a massive episode there just discussing our front runners and dark horses for all the major NBA awards. Um, I digress. I digress. Um, but after that, Ro and I sat down. We watched the Hawk, the game versus the Hawks. Uh, an absolute thriller. They won that one, the Cairns Taipans, 102 to 101 in double overtime. Yet it was very, very evident with both teams struggling with sloppy, sloppy turnovers. Now, the Taipans are currently averaging 13.9 turnovers per game, which is equal fourth, fourth worst, should I say, in the league. And I think that's one area that they could really clean, clean up and w- which would aid them just massively. Aid them massively. I love their high-octane brand, exciting brand of basketball they play, but sometimes there just needs to be a little more awareness, a little more game sense to just chill out a little bit, soak the clock up, Take a higher percentage shot. Just take a breath and relax. Now, you know, for me, as I said, I love the way they play. Um, they're kind of outside the jack jumpers, the team I've been rooting for this season. Just just love that brand of basketball that Adam Ford has. They're an underdog, certainly overachieving at the moment, currently sitting third. Oh, I believe, no, they're down to fourth now with the success of the Phoenix recently, down to fourth. Um, but certainly performing over over many people, myself included, expectations. I think if they're to continue to, you know, make waves and hopefully make a bit of noise in the playoffs, the turnovers will be there. They're kind of undoing. So I think for the second half, just take a little more pride in what you're doing. Relax, breathe, and good things will happen for the Cairns Taipans. The Illawarra Hawks, the team I just mentioned in their in their loss the other night, it was just a phenomenal, phenomenal game. Um, but for the Illawarra Hawks, my point for them in the second half of the season is continue to play through Michael Fraser. Now, the Hawks have looked increasingly better in recent weeks by their games against the Phoenix, which were nothing short of massacres. Um, in recent weeks, they have looked better. And that has, I would say, undoubtedly been because of the acquisition and the output of Fraser. Uh, and he's only played four games for the team thus far, but he's averaged 20 points, five rebounds, two assists, while shooting a ridiculous 57% from the, from three. Tell you what, what would the uh, Adelaide 36ers give to have Fraser at the moment? But that's that's phenomenal, 57% from three. Good things are happening when he's on the ball. Um, so despite their season feeling effectively over already, they currently sit 2-12 and 12 on the season. I reckon there's just about a bow in this one. Um you know, I think for the, the best chance for them to clock up wins, salvage a little bit of credibility on their season is for him to be the main offensive output. Um, you know, they've got players like Peyton Seaver, Tyler Harvey, Sammy Froling there, who's been big as of late. Uh, but I think they certainly look best when Fraser's handling the rock as that 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 lead scorer. So um, that would be my point for the Illawarra Hawks. Melbourne United. Now, what a 
disappointing, disappointing season it's been to date thus far. 17 games, sitting with a record of 6-11. and 11. Certainly went in as one of the heavy hitters of the competition. A lot of expectations going in, um, despite losses, you know, over the last couple of seasons. JLA, Jock Landale, um, you know, it certainly didn't help. Huckaporty going down just as the season was set to tip off. Yet it has been disappointing so far. I think a big piece for them to turn their season around, or in the second half, the point that I would give to them is do a better job on the offensive boards. Currently a league worst on this front, averaging only 7.8 offensive boards a game. They just need to, need to find a way to get these second chance points. New centre Marcus Lee, uh, he's going to have to step up big time on that front. Both he and Isaac, Isaac Humphreys stand at 6 foot 11, um, but they've just got to have more of a presence in that department. At the moment, it is really, really lacking. And as I said, you know, other teams are picking up an abundance of second chance points. There's a lot of offensive rebounds in the NBL, yet Melbourne United aren't taking their share at the moment. I think if they're going to want to uh, get something out of this season, especially they've had quite a few close games recently, you know, an offensive board, you know, two, three of them in a game, in a close game certainly makes a world of difference. So for me, for Melbourne United, do a better job on the offensive boards. Let's head over the ditch to our friends in New Zealand, the Breakers. My point for them is quite a simple one. It's don't get a nosebleed and just enjoy the ride. At the moment, the Breakers currently sit second, 11-5, and five, chomping on the heels of the Sydney Kings. Um, what, a, what? Just a phenomenal, phenomenal season. Now, they've spent the last couple of years rooted to the bottom of the standings. Um, as I said, nipping on the heels at the moment of first, yet they've lost their last two games, and it's just, I think, a little bit of a, almost a time to hit the reset, refocus button uh, and lock in for that second half of the season. Certainly been a while since they've been flying at this altitude. So I think the key is not to panic. Enjoy the process. Keep playing the ball that got you to this position and just continue to run with it. I don't think they need to change anything at the moment. Um, Defensively, they've hung their hat on that all season long. Offensively, it's come along in the last month or two in leaps and bounds. Um, But I think for them, it's just going to be maintaining composure. Don't let where they're at get it. You know, let them get ahead of themselves uh, because I, I truly believe, and many others out there, they're becoming more of a talking point as a legitimate contender for this year's title. Um, so don't get a nosebleed and enjoy the ride for the breakers. Very simple. We'll head out west now from, uh, from coast to coast, essentially, to the Perth Wildcats. My big point, and I've, I've made a, uh, I, have, I think I've said this the last couple of weeks on the show, it's support Bryce Cotton. Now, he is a phenomenon, continues to lead the league in scoring. Um, just a phenomenal game last night as well, might I just say. What an absolutely stunning, stunning, stunning result against Melbourne United. They were down eight with 30 seconds to go. Managed to eke out the 90-89 to 89 win. Um, just tremendous scenes there. Go back and watch the highlights if you haven't already seen how it all played out. But uh, that was some real, real ticker being shown there from the Wildcats. Currently up in sixth. Eight and seven record, riding a three-game win streak. But I really think Bryce Cotton is going to need more support in the second half of the season. There hasn't been that distinguishable number two this year. In part, Corey Webster last night in particular has shown flashes. Brady Manick has been hit and miss. Likewise, Tayshawn Thomas, Lukey Travers there. I think they can get more out of him. 
Um, yet no one's been doing it on a consistent basis. And I really think especially, I think over the next couple of weeks, it's going to be imperative that they find someone to step up alongside Cotton. We know his talent. We know how great he is. We'll go down as one of the greatest players in NBL history. No questions asked. But there's only so much you can do, especially with the talent that's within the league this season. Um, so it's going to be key that they can find out who this guy is to really be his, his Robin to, to Cotton's Batman. Um, I certainly hope they find out. I haven't written them off as of yet. Um, eight, and, eight and seven, there's still a lot to like about this team, but they just need to find a number two guy there. So that's my big point for the Perth Wildcats. A couple of teams to go here. What do we got? We've got three to go. Uh, the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, you would, you would probably say the form team of the competition at the moment, riding a three-game win streak, started the season incredibly slowly. Uh, in no part due to, to injuries, or well, in big part, should I say, to injuries. Currently sitting 10 and 6 on the season. My point for them is continue to start Alan Williams. Big source. Zochi has just made his return from injury. Uh, but the Phoenix the other night, they made the right decision by continuing to start the big source there, Alan Williams, in their win over Adelaide the other day. You know, he's he has been a sensation this season. Uh, monumental part of their success as to why they're 30s. Average 17 points, nine rebounds, two assists, 57% from the field. And to be honest, once he's in the paint, he looks virtually unstoppable. There's no one that can hang with that big caboose of his. Um, you know, it's uh, it's like moving cement. He's unstoppable. He's, he kind of feels like the Zion of the NBL at the moment. Um, but I, th- I think the, uh, the Phoenix have found a winning formula at the moment. They should continue to run with it. Brings Ochi off the bench. That's no worries at all. He, he can do valuable things for that second unit. And, you know, if I was a, uh, a backup center for any other franchise, I wouldn't want to face Ochi. Um, but Williams has certainly earned his spot. And I just hope for his sake, the franchise's sake, that they continue to start him because good things are happening at the moment. Um, and to be fair, you could almost argue he's a real dark horse for uh, MVP at the moment. Um, but loving what he's doing there with the Phoenix. So that is my point for them. Continue to start Alan Williams. Let's move ahead to the reigning defending champs, the Sydney Kings, currently sitting top of the standings. Kind of, I guess, in a similar vein to the Breakers, my point for them is don't get complacent. As I said, they still remain top of the standings, a 10-4 and record despite their loss to the JJs over the weekend. As I said, reigning defending champs, I think the competition this season is deeper and stronger than what it was last season. Um, Therefore, I think Chase Buford just needs to ensure that they continue to play the ball that made them champions last season, as well as the ball that that got them into the the top of this year's standings. They looked extremely stagnant and out of ideas in the fourth against the JJs, as I mentioned, at the top of the show. Milton Doyle was just unstoppable on both ends of the floor. For this particular game, offensively, just couldn't touch him. That step back he had, or the crossover step back was just disgusting. Um, but on the defensive end, he was full front face guarding Derek Walton Jr. and pretty well nullified him. Uh, once this happened, the Kings just looked out of ideas, could not buy a bucket. Um, so I think the, the key is to find alternate options if something isn't clicking. Um, continue to play the season out with the intensity befitting of a potentially back-to-back champion and just be better at, at scheming if something isn't going your way. As I said, once Walton was kind of nullified, 
Um, you know, things just got really clunky, really clunky. And they've got enough talent there. They've got enough quality players, ball handling there. That should one player be stopped? Uh, there should be alternate options there. So for me, that's their key. Don't get complacent. Um, continue with that intensity, the fitting of a champ. And uh, I have no doubt we'll see them at the pointy end of the season. Last but certainly not least, the boys from the Island State. Here we are, the Tassie Jack Jumpers. My big key for them is to stay healthy. Easier said than done. But for me, we've yet to see this team at full strength. Uh, it's been great over the last week or two to see Will Magna and Clint Steindl come back. Uh, it's painting a very pretty picture at the moment with them in the squad. But in saying that, we've all, also lost Sammy McDaniel, Matty Kenyon. Um, they currently occupy the injury ward. I just think if if we've got everybody fit and healthy, you know, you can run through all the, every list in the league if you want. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think we probably have the strongest or the, the strongest depth within the league. There it is. Hot take, if you like it or not. The Tassie Jack Jumpers have the deepest team within the league. Um, and I think should everyone be healthy, they, they are going to be a force. They're going to be a force at the end of the season. Liam Santamaria the other day made the point that he sees them finishing in the top four. I 100% agree with him. Um, I just think on their night, that the way they play with such heart, with such intensity, um, it really exemplifies the kind of the idea behind starting this franchise. Uh, and I think what Milton Doyle is doing at the moment in terms of carrying that offensive load, as I said, Will Magne coming back into the squad there, Clint Steindl. Uh, if we get back Sammy McDaniel, Matty Kenyon, have a full, healthy, well-rounded squad, going to take a lot of beating. So for me, that is the big point on the Jack Jumpers. Stay healthy. You know, as I said, we're that deep. If you've got to do a little bit of load management here and there, so be it. Um, I think we'll be able to cope. But uh, certainly looking forward to this Saturday night out at my State Bank Arena, going to watch the Jack Jumpers against the Cairns Taipans. Uh, essentially a battle for battle for fourth at the moment. So a really pivotal game there. Um, can't wait to check it out. If you go into the game and you see me, be sure to say hello. I uh, love talking ball with anyone and everyone. So be sure to hit me up. Guys, as I said, it's been another massive week. We're now rounding into the second half of the season. Um, a lot of exciting, as I said, storylines still to play out. A lot of action still to come. The next couple of weeks, the games are going to be coming thick and fast. Uh, most of the game weeks have you know, most of the teams playing two two times a game round. Um, so it's going to be chaotic to say the least. But I'll certainly be here doing my best trying to keep you updated with all the relevant news from the NBL. Um, guys, as I said, we've got another massive show for our NBA focus show this Friday night. I believe it's dropping. Uh, a little bit of a Christmas theme there, Christmas wish list with the fellas. So be sure to tune into that one wherever you listen to podcasts. Continue to stay up to date with all of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, all the latest NBA and NBL news. Myself and I speak on behalf of Rowan Lee, we certainly appreciate the continued support. So keep it coming. Until the weekend, guys, have an absolutely fantastic week. Continue to get into the festive spirit and I will talk to you soon. Bye.